Hello, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Friday Hour with your host, Pliven, PE11, on the Kapow Radio Show Network. There's so much news out there and there's so much information. It's like, where do you even start? Where, where do you even begin to have a conversation about what's going on? Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Now, with COVID and the mask wearing, the hand washing, the social distancing, right from the get-go, there was there was two two aspects of that that I personally absolutely hated. One was the social distance aspect of it. And I kept saying, well, they call it social distance, but it's really a social isolation it's really a it's not just keeping a distance it's saying um i i can't talk to you i can't even look at you when it first happened one of the things that drove me nuts was you know going to the store going to a grocery store and people with masks they they won't even look at you anymore and i wasn't used to that not in this little town i used to, i was used to people being very friendly talking and um, making eye contact and they were just it changed now we're nine months into it and people have really really changed especially with the mask wearing what i'm noticing now though is when we go for a walk outside uh, we are seeing other people in the community walking towards us and what we'll what we'll do what what miss kapow and i will do or what the other couple might do or somebody might do is stop and defer and let that other person walk by or go into the street you know the one that could see oncoming traffic you know if you got any sense at all and let that person walk by within six feet hi hello good evening nice day and i've only seen maybe every every time that we're walking uh for an hour or so out there i see maybe one person with a mask on Uh, most of the time uh, they're not wearing a mask anymore. So that's nice to see because when it first started, people were out there riding bikes, jogging, uh, walking and stuff, and they were all covered with this this mask like if they were going to get some virus from the, you know, the, the air. Uh, it's kind of like they lost all sense of like how you catch a cold or how you catch a flu. It was, it was very odd. So I, I like seeing that where... Uh, 
people outside aren't so much masked up. I still see people driving by themselves in a car with a mask on or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. It's like I'm going to get the virus through my air vents. A couple of weeks ago, Miss Kapow and her dance team, she tap dances and clogs. They had a little show outside, outdoors. I ran the sound system for them outside. And the first night we had over 100 people show up. They sat in little groups, distanced, um, but very few were just totally masked up. Um, I had one gentleman get my attention while I was standing there talking to one of the performers, one of the singers, and we were talking about sound and, you know, singing and stuff like that. And I was away from the sound equipment standing there talking to her. And one gentleman walked by me and he got my attention. He had, he had a mask on and he looked at me and he went, like, where's your mask? And I looked at him. And I said, I'm outside. Don't need one. And I could tell he kind of laughed by his eyes, smiled, and then he wandered off. So I'm not sure if he knew me because I did recognize him with the mask on. I, that just drives me nuts because it's just, to me, it's changed the society, the culture around me. I'm sure you've noticed the same thing uh, where you're at. And People act different with that thing on. I hate it because you know, I can see a little kid or something, and I'm smiling at him. Like, you know, a little kid. And they're looking at me like, you know, they're scared. Half the, they can't see this. They just see this, you know. And, you know, and I look pretty scary. Um, it, It's just very odd. And I always felt that um, these rituals of, uh, the constant wash your hands, wear a mask, stay distance. I always felt that there was more to this. Like there had to be some kind of a cult meaning behind this somewhere. I, I couldn't really connect to it. I couldn't really find it. I, I ran across this this article and um, and it kind of answered my question. So that's what I want to share with you today. Kind of interesting. And I'll, I'll put this up so you can kind of look at it a little better. But one of the first things um, I want to talk about is this is from a website called uh, human, humanrights.ucdavis.edu. So it's from the University of Davis. It's an educational site, and it's about human rights. And it's the Center for the Study of Human Rights in the Americas, and they have all kinds of stuff here. It's talking about these techniques that were used by communists to gain compliance over their American uh, prisoners and captives. So what this says is on June 17th, 2008, the Committee, Committee on Armed correct. Services of the United States Senate scheduled a hearing in order to receive testimony on the origins of aggressive interrogation techniques used in the war on terror. This was intended to be part one of the committee's inquiry into the treatment of detainees in U.S. custody. A number of documents were released for that hearing. One of them was a January 15, 2003 memorandum from Navy SEER School, S-E-R-E, training specialist and SEER coordinator. And this particular memorandum reported on the training provided by the authors 
of the memorandum to members of the ICE or interrogation control element at Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay. Uh, in this memorandum, we read these things. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want you to know where I'm going with that. We're talking about interrogation, extreme interrogation techniques that were released in a Senate committee. So this is not something that's made up. Um, this is a just conspiracy. This is a, a real thing. Mr. Ross and I initiated training with an in-depth class on Biderman's principles. The enclosure and the theory and practical application of selected physical pressures. In other words, it's their blue book. And they gave this training to approximately 24 ICE personnel. Once again, ICE stands for Interrogation Control Element. This training was conducted in one of the newly constructed interrogation facilities located at Camp Delta. So, let's just go right to the point here and talk about these Biderman principles. As I, as I read this list off and I read these things, there's, there's eight things, eight principles here, proper principles. I want you to keep in mind the isolation, the hand washing, the mask wearing, this kind of thing. As to Biderman's principles proper, they were also released for the hearing of the Armed Services Committee. And they appeared as a table titled Coercive Management Techniques slash Biderman's Chart of Coercion, which we transcribe here as follows, okay? So this is something that our military was training interrogators on and it's extreme interrogating techniques that were used in Guantanamo Bay by our own United States military. And see if this sounds a little familiar about what's happening to us with uh, this the, the COVID reaction. The general method, number one, is isolation. Here's the purposes or the effects of it. Isolation deprives a victim of all social support, of their ability to resist. It develops an intense concern with the self. It makes the victim dependent upon the interrogator. I want you to think about that. So if you're socially isolated, you're quarantined, you're locked down, you're not going to have Easter, you're not going to have Memorial Day, you're not going to have well, July 4th, Memorial Day. Um, you're not going to have Labor Day. You're not certainly going to have Thanksgiving. And I guarantee you're not going to have Christmas like you would like. The social isolation deprives you of social support, of your family, of social support, of your neighbors. And that what that does is it lowers your ability to resist those who are using this against you. Does it develop an intense concern with self? Absolutely. You start thinking only of yourself. And it makes you dependent on the CDC. It makes you dependent on your governor. It makes you dependent on your 
health department. It makes you dependent on the media, on the president, on everybody. Here's some variants of isolation. Complete solitary confinement, which we don't have yet. There's complete isolation. And there's also semi-isolation or group isolation. Think about it. Number two on these coercive management techniques on Biderman's chart of coercion is the monopolization of perception. Here's the purpose or the effects of that. This fixes attention upon immediate predicament. Okay? <gasps> when you turn on the news right now, numbers, numbers, numbers. Never in history, I, I mean, I can't remember, ever where you turn on the, the, the TV or any kind of news and just see a running tally of, you know, people who are dying sick, sick constantly. It, the attention is just focused on this predicament. Oh my God, this is closing down. This happened, this happened, blah, blah, blah. It fosters introspection. It eliminates stimuli competing with those controlled by the captor. You, you, can't, you can't really read the Bible now, can you? It's harder to read the Bible, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, it's harder to pray, isn't it? I, seriously, let's be honest with ourselves. It's harder to uh, connect with our our, our beliefs, our faith, our God. It's, it's harder because we're just like surrounded by all this intensity and all this division and hate and it's just crazy after crazy. And most people just want 2020 to be over so they can go into 2021 like it's just gonna magically disappear. I'm here to tell you that's not gonna happen. When we hit January 1st, this stuff ain't gonna magically disappear. Next next year, what I'm hoping is, is it going to happen is that we look back and go, man, we thought 2020 was bad. I, I hope that don't happen, but I, I'm here to tell you I believe that that's the case. We're going to look back and go, wow, that was just the beginning. The monopolization of perception frustrates all action that's not consistent with compliance. You want to travel? Can't. You want to see your family? Can't. You want to go back to school? You can't. You want your children to go to school? They can't. You want to go to church? You can't. You want to play music? You can't. You want to have a gathering? You can't. Over and over again. It frustrates all action that's not consistent with compliance. That's the manipulation of perception. Uh, here's how they do it. Physical isolation, darkness or bright light, barren environment, restricted movement monotonous food so if you bring a monotonous life that's all you see on tv that's all you're getting on social media that's what you get number three induced debilitation and exhaustion and uh, we're seeing this over and over again people are getting uh, what they call uh, you know isolation exhaustion they're quarantine exhaustion they're getting so tired of this they're just that's why they wait they're waiting for january 1st so induced debilitation and exhaustion this constant covid coming at you it weakens your mental and physical ability to resist and i would say your spiritual 
And here's how we do that. Semi-starvation, <laughs> look at your food. Exposure, exploitation of wounds, induced illness, sleep deprivation. So many people can't sleep. Prolonged constraint, prolonged interrogation, forced writing, overexertion. Now, we're not getting this physically. We're getting a lot of this mentally and emotionally, aren't we? Like I'm saying, I'm just saying, look at some of the similarities. I'm not saying this exactly what's going on, but I just, this is interesting because these are advanced, coercive management techniques. It's a chart of coercion. All right. Okay. Four threats. It cultivates anxiety and despair when you're threatened. Here in Nevada, our governor didn't come down with another lockdown 2.0. What he did say is he is highly stressing, highly encouraging people not to go out, people not to gather this Thanksgiving in large family groups. Remember, we've got a bunch of Mormons here with a large family. Um, keep things uh, small, uh, don't gather, don't go out. Well, the restaurants, at least like in Las Vegas, the restaurants that are not attached to large casinos and things are at a quandary. Because they're not told to close, but they need people to come in to eat Thanksgiving. Um, how do you know who's coming, who's not, who's going to comply? It, they're at a quandary and it's driving them nuts because one more lockdown, a lot of them are going to go out of business. You see, so and what our governor has done is like, I'm not forcing you to do this. I can't force you. But if we don't do this, if you don't stay at home, if, if you do go out and have large families, if you do go out and have a big Thanksgiving thing, if you do go out and gather and COVID starts spreading here again, I'm going to be forced to lock you down. I'm going to be forced to close everything again. And no one wants that. So it's a threat. And it cultivates anxiety. It cultivates fear and despair. Absolutely. And it's all around in, in this little small town. So many of the things that were scheduled to happen uh, last week, everything's been canceled. Everything's been canceled because nobody wants to be the one that's a super spreader. So threats of death, threats of non-returning, um, threats of endless interrogation, isolation, threats against your family there's vague threats mysterious changes of treatment that's how it's used number five occasional indulgences it provides positive motivation for compliance it hinders adjustment to deprivation okay um you don't adjust to being deprived because you get a little bone now and then so there's occasional favors there's fluctuations of interrogators attitudes promises rewards for partial compliance Things like that. Number six, demonstrating omnipotence or omniscience. Um, if you know anything about systematic theology and the attributes of God, Yahweh, you know that God is only God is omnipotent, omnowing, that means all knowing, and omniscience, that means all everywhere, all present. Um, so, what the government or the interrogator in this situation will do is they'll demonstrate all-knowing and omniscience. And they're everywhere. They see everything. Neighbors are spying on neighbors. Uh, you don't trust anybody. I got a neighbor across the street. He has a Joe Biden sign up. <gasps> don't trust him, right? The next-door neighbor has a Trump sign. <gasps> you don't trust him, right? So um, 
what that does is it suggests futility of resistance. Yeah, you can't resist this. And how do you do that? How do you demonstrate omnipotent and omniscience? What is the government doing to us? Confrontation. Pretending cooperation taken for granted. Uh, demonstrating complete control over the victim's fate. Okay. That's what they're doing. Like they're all powerful. Um, even with, with this election and the recount and the fraud and the, all this stuff, it's about demonstrating we have all power and all knowledge to do these things. Um, that's what we're at. Now, don't get me wrong. You, if you heard you know, last week's show, the last show I did about, um, or two weeks ago, I mean, about uh, what Jesus would say about the 2020 election. It's like, let the dead bury the dead. I'm not, I'm not giving you all of this to put fear on you and, and, and move you away from let the dead bury the dead. I'm just pointing out the occult, very demonic, very satanic methods here that are being used against all of us in this. So it should drive us not towards this area or towards a politician or to a president. It should drive us wholly and completely to our God, the only one that can give us peace and comfort and rescue in this time, right? And to learn what we have to learn in this time of tribulation and suffering. Because as a, as a Christian, as a biblical Christian, suffering is part of that. You don't know that when you first signed up. <laughs> but as you mature in the Lord, you understand that suffering on this plane is, is a huge part of your walk with God. Okay, number seven, degradation. It makes... Um, the cost of resistance more damaging to self-esteem than uh, to capitulate. It reduces the prisoner to animal level concerns. So they degrade you. You're, you're, you're degraded. You're not human anymore. You're six feet apart. You're just, you're not, you're not worthy to hold the door open for anymore or, or to help at a time of need. Um, we don't even know who you are. Um, and this is how the interrogators do it. They they it's they prevent personal hygiene of the prisoner, right? So it degrades them. Uh, filthy, infested surroundings, uh, demeaning punishments, insults and taunts, and denial of privacy. So what do we have here? We have a denial of privacy because if you're um, if you're silly enough, listen to me. If you're silly enough to have Siri on your phone and activate it and um, Alexa or this other personal assistant in your home, you are bringing in the spy factor right into your own living room. I mean, that's your that's your prerogative to believe and do what you want to do. But I'm just telling you, 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 are, you are allowing your own denial of privacy. And um, try, if you don't do everything in your power to prevent the tracking of your movements online. You're never going to totally eliminate your footprint, obviously, but you want to blur those lines, okay? Um, you're helping in your own denial of privacy. It's going to get worse and worse because it has over the years, and it's just, it's going to total, they want control over the humans. So personal hygiene prevented, we haven't had that yet. 
However, there is a big shortage of toilet paper that happened back in May. I'm already re reading now that uh, toilet paper is disappearing in Vegas and off the shelves there. So, yeah, can you add? I don't know. You know, I don't know how creative we can be. And um, insults and taunts, sure. You know. Okay, number eight. The last one here is enforcing trivial demands. So what happens is uh, our governor says we have a trivial demand. Uh, we don't want you to have Thanksgiving. In California, he says, I shut down all restaurants. That guy, Governor Newsom, gruesome, is a hypocrite because he was found without a mask, not social distance, at a big party at the most one of the most expensive restaurants in the world in Northern California, just north of San Francisco, and violating his own uh, policies uh, in California. What a hypocrite. They're all hypocritical. Our own um, crazy Nazi governor here uh, came down with COVID. And he, there's pictures of him not complying and doing his own um, breaking of his own policy. So he has COVID. So, uh, so they enforce trivial demands. You're not going to have Thanksgiving. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Uh, you know, you're going to have to wear a mask to go here. You know, uh, no service, no mask, no service, no blah, blah, blah. So that develops habits of compliance. We, as the prisoners, the victims, uh, comply, and we're forced to comply. And so uh, they do that by the enforcement of minute little rules, okay? Uh, before I talk about this next thing in relation to it, I just want to remind everybody back here, uh, I cannot find our flagship book, Demons in a Marriage Bed, uh, Contents of Grace. It's a book written by my sister, Jody Villanueva, and it's published by Fifth Hook Media. And the book is about exactly what it says, uh, content of contents of grace. And it talks about God's grace and how it's important to you. And it's like one of the huge things on your foundational thing. That's my sister there. All right. Amazon ebook paperback. Uh, highly suggested. This is, uh, we have uh, two flagship books. One is Demons in My Marriage Bad that I can't find anywhere. I think the devil stole it. And this is Eyes to See Unseen Enemies. Um, Paul and Linda Villanueva. That's when I was still using my name, Paul, instead of Plevin. And um, once again, paperback ebook. And it talks about the hidden enemies all around you, including your church organization. And then we have Christianity of blasphemy, a new Gnostic lie. This kind of goes a lot with eyes to see unseen enemies. And it's uh, about the new Gnosticism that invaded our churches. You want to kind of get your head around um, why there's so much corruption and heresy today. Gnosticism, spiritual insight that's not of the word of God. Ah. Mesquite Cafe is my blues band project. I sing, I write, I record, I mix, I master. I do everything um, with, with the help of a few of my friends. This is the latest CD. This is called um, uh, Up Here by Mesquite Cafe. Nine songs, Why Don't You Look at Jesus is on here and a bunch of others. This is the one I did in 2018. This is called Times End, Times End. What's it about? Oh, end times. All the songs on here. Nine, nine songs, eight or nine songs about end times stuff. Um, some secular stuff like Fire Down Below. 
uh, by Bob Seger, Can't Get No Satisfaction by Rolling Stones, um, Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight. So there's some secular stuff on here, too. Um, songs that I sing in, um, in, well, I was singing before this COVID thing in the band that I play with here. Thursday, November 19th, the Freedom Articles from thefreedomarticles.com. And this is exposing the occult corona initiation ritual. Keep in mind what I just read to you about the military deal. And so they're saying the entire world is participating in an occult corona initiation ritual. The stories about the coronavirus crisis, it carries on. But they're saying, did you realize there's a deeper ritualistic significance of governmental policies? And the implications are that most of the population are sleepwalking through a worldwide ritual whose elements have been cleverly disguised. So what they're saying is that hardly anybody will realize it, that the measures, the policies, the governments have rolled out worldwide since Operation Coronavirus began. Let's talk about quarantines, lockdowns, hand washing, mask wearing, social distancing, and more are in fact aspects of a cult initiation ritual. What I just read to you was about um, very harsh interrogation techniques, control techniques, which are a cult, which are of Satan. This is this is not this is not godly thing, a godly thing. So uh, these aspects have been cleverly adapted to uh, the current fake pandemic disguised as a genuine public health strategy. And let's see, it was meticulously planned for decades. They say they have links to that. And um, they're conspirators. They call them black magicians. I would have to agree. And they're running this live exercise uh, in fashion, uh, like they run their secret satanic rituals. The goal is the same. Here's the end goal to take initiates out of their normal mode of existence, which they have, break them down, which they're doing, and gender submission, which they have and they're doing, and remold them in the likeness of their leaders. It's society 2.0, folks. It's a reset is what they're trying to do. Um, and then finally return them to a new normal uh, where they cannot return to their old ways and lives. So that's probably going to work uh, better on younger people who don't have a, a, lar a large past of how things used to be. Us older people, that's going to be harder to do, but we're of less value uh, to them anyway uh, as far as um, creating money and, and wealth for them in a slave race. So the younger people are going to fall for this a lot easier, I think, or be more uh, affected by it. So corona initiation ritual, lockdown, quarantine, isolation, um, any good ritual requires preparation. The first part of initiation ritual is isolation. And we saw that in the military documents. Isolation serves to separate the initiate from the mundane or the world, um, the mundane affairs of his life. It's often done by cutting all ties with the outside world. Sometimes the initiate may be sent into a dark room or cave and blah, blah, blah. And um, so we can see that. Uh, with the interrogation techniques. In Operation Coronavirus, the lockdown and quarantine were the isolation aspect of the ritual. Uh, those aware of the situation noticed that quarantining an entire community of healthy people was a contradiction in terms, was it not? 
uh, because the very word quarantine means a state or a period or a place of, uh, of isolation in which people or animals that have arrived from somewhere else that have been exposed to an infectious or contagious disease are placed. They're quarantined. Uh, thus, by definition, one cannot quarantine unaffected healthy people. One can only quarantine infected sick people. But the agenda to isolate people by any means was the first step. Okay, and now we have hand washing. Here's what I've noticed. It's taken to a completely new level of like OCD anxiety by design. It's making people like OCD. Can you imagine if you actually had hand washing OCD and then this is happening today? Absolutely horrible. Um, symbolically, they say it's kind of like a Pontius Pilate washing of the hands of Jesus. You know, um, it's about rejecting this um, and it's the old normal or the freedom being rejected. So I'm not real sure about that. Eh, it's a good tie. Um, I really don't know. So here we go. Mask wearing, censorship, submission, dehumanization, reinforcing a false idea of danger, alternate, alternate persona. Uh, I agree with all those. One of the things is a, um, as a former cop, um, I don't like masks. I don't like to see robbers in masks. I don't like to see bad guys in masks. Um, as a cop, I want to see the face. I want to look at the body. I want to see expressions. And um, the mask really bothers me personally uh, more than almost any other aspect of this on a personal level. Uh, so mask wearing is a huge topic in many ways. Let's see. Um, Let's see. Medically, they you know they go this is medically useless about because you know everybody can argue about that. But it says firstly, mask connotes censorship, the covering of one's mouth, gagging, and suppression of a free voice. Now, before this, one of the things I noticed a lot is a lot of these celebrities and even MMA fighters um, uh, would afterwards after their their fight or their bout they won, they'd walk around and they do this to the audience, like shh shh. You know, it's almost like the one eye symbolism, but all the time, like, you know, suppression of the, of the, of the voice. It's it very odd. So think how many images depicting censorship show a person with tape over their mouth. Um, it's been a massive part of this agenda, even before it officially happened. They call it Event 201, practicing uh, simulation for hours about how they would control the official narrative and censor alternative viewpoints they said that's the first part secondly the mask symbolized submission the giving up of unrestricted access to oxygen i i have to agree if you didn't have to do it in my state it's mandated and now i know some man state go, the mandates going all over the nation um i only have i only put that on to get into walmart or get into a restaurant um otherwise you know i'd never wear such a thing i absolutely hate them this entire agenda is not about it's virus, it's about control, forcing people to submit to the will of the NWO manipulators, um, even when it's not medically warranted, dehumanizing, uh, and I do I agree with that, mass are dehumanizing. They remove one's ability to see fully to another person's face, and they remove individuality, they make everyone identical, they contribute to a hive mind type of society. And the other thing I notice about mask wearing, I don't know who's the enemy or who's a friendly. So, because I can't get into your head, I don't know if you're, you know, one of them or you think like me. They create distance, separation of people. They make it harder to communicate via body language. They make it harder for us to have empathy for others. 
since that empathy is often based on truly seeing another person. Fourth, uh, mass reinforce the subliminal message that we are all in grave danger. We must constantly live in fear, that we must continually protect ourselves, that there is a real pandemic occurring, uh, when in fact that's not. So you can see this military training and isolation and now uh, forcing mundane restrictions on the person to get compliance. You can see what I just read to you about the military interrogation techniques being applied here. They're very similar. Uh, lastly, masks are often used by the elite themselves for their parties and rituals. And what that does is that disguises who they are. Um, remember the satanic orgy seen in Krubeck's Eyes Wide Shut. Remember that with Tom Cruise? The masks hide the identity. They hasten the death of the old identity. They create an alternate persona. And it ties in with satanic ritual abuse and mind control, uh, where the handler uses torture and abuse to force the victim to disassociate, split their minds off. Yeah, probably well aware of that. Okay, social distancing, the new normal, another uh, initiation. And remember, the first part was isolation and now social distancing, so you don't have the support. Once the ritual heads towards completion, the initiate gets, uh, comes out of the new mode of thinking and a new manner of behaving, and you can already see that. It, it takes about two weeks to form a habit. It takes about 14 days to form a new habit. We're going on nine months of this, and new habits have been formed um, by all of us because of this. Uh, we had to. So this person, the initiate, is remade in the image of the handlers or manipulators who conducted the ritual. In the case of COVID, the end goal is the new normal where everyone is permanently separated and disconnected, as well as tested, tracked, contact traced, monitored, surveilled, medicated, and now vaccinated, because that's the big thing coming out now, the vaccination. So wait till that starts happening. Woo! So you better get your, <laughs> you better get uh, let the dead bury the dead uh, down into your spirit, man, whether you agreed with me or not on that last one. I don't care. That's what Jesus said. If you're going to be a Christ follower, you better listen to what he said. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Uh, your concern is not from down here. I'm not trying to scare you and make you concerned down here. I'm trying to tell you that because of what's going down here, your concern better be eternal. Okay, you, you cannot rely on a politician or a president or your government or your mommy or daddy or anybody else at this point. So social distancing is really anti-social distancing. I agree 100%. It's about removing the human touch from the interactions. Um, it's that touch that makes us human and that's gone. So wait till this fascination crap starts coming out and, you know, people, you're not going to be able to go to school. You're not going to be able to work. You're not going to be able to do this and do this unless you have that medical card clearing you. You probably won't even be able to go to the casinos and gamble without the medical card, you know, or maybe a restaurant. So, you know, just be prepared for stuff like that. And um, it's uh, it's not time. It's time. It's now's not the time to be embraced in this world and have your hope in this world because it has fallen apart. Uh, the overarching goal of the ritual, it's destroying the old and creating the new. So 
in this article, they say if they were to sum up the entire Corona initiation ritual with one concept, it would be this old tried and true one, Ordo Ab Chaos, or Order Out of Chaos. The Hegelian dialect, problem, reaction, solution, the phoenix rising out of the ashes, you know, all that same stuff. The true purpose of ritual is to alter one's mind and character. It can be done consciously or unconsciously, wittedly or unwittedly. Ritual can be used for white or black magic. You can use this technique to conquer destructive habits within yourself, make a better person, or to do the method to make the world less free, less peaceful, let more controlled, more hier um, hierarchical, high hierarchical place. Ah. Okay, so they end this with final thoughts. Operation Coronavirus is a worldwide ritual and its many elements are highly symbolic. People are being led along as unwitting participants without a clue how they're unconsciously supporting a deeper agenda by cooperating with their own enslavement, acquisition to ridiculous restrictions, and even actively police, policing their fellow citizens. The fact that this fake coronavirus pandemic is a ritual is not surprising given that the inner core of the New World Order are Satanists who practice black magic. Surviving whistleblowers attest some of their satanic rituals involve rape, hunting humans like animals, mass orgies, drinking human blood, cannibalism, child sacrifice, uh, we must remain vigilant to the deeper symbolic aspects of this agenda if we're truly to retain our rights and freedom in the face of this darkness. So, once again, this is Freedom Articles, but um, I'm not here to scare you or tell you you need to, you know, fight and rip off your mask and, you know, go, um, you know, do all the recounts for whatever you think you should do. What I'm telling you is, you know, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ-centered, then you need to listen to Christ more now than you did before. Okay, these pressures and these trials and tribulations are, are, to, are to squeeze you so that you bubble up towards God because only God and understanding a high view of God and his attributes and relying on his word for peace and wisdom and clarification, that's the only thing that's going to get us through this many uh, times, all right? It's actually, what I'm trying to do is encourage you. I don't know if I did or not or if I just blew your mind. I don't know. What I want to do is encourage you to seek your Lord and seek his word and his wisdom because being eternally mine is the only way you're going to be able to deal with uh, these satanic uh, people creating this ritual, okay? God's always in control, so don't think that he doesn't know what's going on or he's not allowing it. This is how he gets people, humans, to move. Okay, if you don't think you need a savior, you're not going to be looking for one, right? Yeah, at some point in your life, you got to go, I need help. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.